welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. John chapter 16. And I want to share with you about something I've been thinking about this week. And um, I'm almost there. And I'm so excited that we have our projector and screen up that I might, I just kind of want to stand this way and preach and stare at it. It's just so, it's just, we've been such an oasis in the desert having no words for so long, haven't we? And now we just have words. It's just a wonderful thing. John chapter 16, Jesus is speaking. And in fact, he, he's talking about what Pastor Jen was just talking about, about the Holy Spirit. He's telling his disciples, I'm getting ready to go to heaven. And he says, don't be sad because actually it's better for you that I go to heaven uh, so that I can send the Holy Spirit down to you. And uh, it's better for you to have the Holy Spirit because then you can all have the same spirit that I have living and dwelling on the inside of you as opposed to just one me, Jesus, being here. So this is that part of the conversation. And he finishes up uh, in this chapter. And in verse 33, he says this, I've told you all of this so that you might have peace in me. Uh, Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Everybody say many. Many. Trials and sorrows. Mm, sounds exciting. He says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Today, what I'm going to call my message is under pressure. Say under pressure with me. Under pressure. This word here where he says trials and sorrows, the New King James says tribulations. Okay, if you read the New King James translation, it says tribulations. And it means this. It's the Greek word flipsis, and it means pressure, literally or figuratively, afflicted, anguish, burden, persecution, tribulation, and trouble. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have these things that attack you. In this world, you're going to have these things that you have to walk through. And here's what I was thinking about. You know, a lot of times, followers of Jesus, believers, think that once you accept Jesus into your life, then everything is going to be aces that you're not going to have any problems, that you're not going to have to deal with anything, that everything should be okay. And then what happens is things come in your life and the road gets a little rocky. The road gets a little hard. It gets a little unclear and you're sure of what's happening. You're like, I thought I gave my life to Jesus, so shouldn't everything be okay? Shouldn't my days be rainbows and unicorns? Why are I having a hard time? That's bad grammar, I know, but I said it. Why am I having a hard time? Jesus said, you're going to have trials and sorrows, many of them in this world, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. We're going to go to James in a second and look at what James is talking about when he talks about walking through these uh, times of pressure and pressing. But here's what happens. A lot of time as believers, we try and run away from these things. We try and avoid these scenarios. We try and avoid these circumstances when in fact, if you would go through them, If you would walk through the pressure, if you would walk through these things that you're dealing with, you would come through on the other side more complete and full and mature. I was thinking about pearls, obviously. And a pearl is nothing more. Listen, oysters don't have hands and feet and fingers. Did you know that? Oh, we're not all marine biologists in here, so I don't know what you know about sea anatomy. But what happens is an oyster 
when it opens its mouth sometimes, something will go in there that's not supposed to go in there. And the way the Lord designed oysters to work was because they can't use their finger. You know, when you get something in your teeth, we do that weird thing where we begin to pick it out. Everybody stares at you while you're picking your teeth. Oysters can't do that. And so what they do is they begin to coat whatever gets inside of their mouth with the thing that grows their shells. So they had this irritation. They had this thing inside of them that shouldn't be there, but it is. But they have to deal with it. They begin to coat it. They begin to grow. And they have to endure. And they have to last. And they have to walk through this process. And it gets coated. And it gets coated. And it gets coated. And over time, what happens? There's a pearl inside. So what was an irritation becomes something that is irresistible while you walk through the process. And here's what I'm saying. A lot of times as believers, we want to we escape the process. We want to find a way out of it. But God says, if you would walk through this process with me, I will take that irritation in your life and I will use it to mold and shape you and you will come out on the other side more beautiful, more mature, more full than you could ever imagine. In fact, you will be priceless if you will walk through that process instead of trying to avoid it. Don't avoid the process. Don't run and hide. Don't be those Christians that say, this isn't for me. It looks dark and it looks scary and I don't think I want to walk through that. Walk through it and see what God does. The key is, you want a key? Here's a key. The key is to walk through it with the Lord, not by yourself. Let's go, birthday girl. Let's do this. A lot of times we try and walk through these things on our own. We get in the middle of them and because we're not graced and gifted by ourselves to do this, because you're walking through it alone, you end up quitting or stalling or dying or dropping off or walking away from the faith because you tried to do something on your own that you can only do with the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Walk through the storms, walk through these trials, walk through these temptations, walk through the tribulations with the power of God in your life. Wow! Let's go. Let's go to James. James chapter 1. I love the book of James. We did a study working through the book of James a couple of years ago. And uh, James is... James is wonderful. James is like the New Testament book of Proverbs. And um, James was the brother of Jesus. And he just had some incredibly deep and profound things to say. Uh, James is writing this letter to people who were being persecuted because they had given their lives to Jesus. And they were being dispersed and they were being chased around. And so James is writing a letter and we're going to read through these first couple verses and then we're going to go back and make a couple points. So in James chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 2. And he says, dear brothers and sisters, when, everybody say when. <clears throat> when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So, he says, let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, 
Ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He'll not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a, pay, a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unable, unstable in everything they do. We are talking about under pressure today. I've been thinking about this because there's a lot of pressure in the world, isn't there? You ever like wake up and you think, man, this is just hard. Like it's just hard. It's hard being alive. It's hard dealing with people. It's hard walking through things. That's what I love about that song we were singing, but I, I just want to speak the name of Jesus. You know, I just want to speak the name of Jesus. I was, I was kind of looking around to see, you know, what people were singing and if they were connecting with it. You know, when you find yourself in dire circumstances, when you find yourself stuck, when you find yourself in the middle of temptation, sometimes the best thing you can do is just begin to cry out the name of Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus right now. I don't know what else to say. I don't know the right prayer to pray, but I do know the name of Jesus is the name that is above every other name. And so right now in this moment of darkness, right now in this hurt, right now in these wounds, right now in these things that I'm feeling, the depression, the anxiety, I'm going to call out the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's go back to verse 2. Let's make a couple points here. I want to show you four things out of here. First one here says, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. First thing, first thing, first thing. When trouble. You need to know you need to know, you need to know that trouble is going to come your way. Trouble is going to be looking for you. Trouble is going to come and find a way to try and stop you from doing what God has called you to do. In fact, trouble does not want you to walk and fulfill the call of God on your life. And it will do everything it can to try and stop you so that you go back and live a life that trouble thinks is acceptable to itself. You need to know that. And when trouble comes, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've done something wrong. In fact, you could almost make a case that when you are dealing with trouble in your life, it's because you're doing something right. And the enemy is taking notice of you and says, I don't want this person to be doing these things, so I'm going to trouble them. I'm going to try and stop them and make it difficult and hard so that they don't continue on the path that they are on because I don't want to see them accomplish what they're trying to do. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? I see a lot of blank stares in here. Trouble comes, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I love that phrase, consider it an opportunity. A lot of times when trouble comes, we don't even consider it. We just think, oh man, here's more trouble. Here's more hardship. I got to run and hide. But James says, consider it an opportunity for joy. What a counterintuitive thought. Consider, we're, we're considering an opportunity for joy. That baby is considering an opportunity for joy right now. When trouble comes your way, instead of being afraid of it, instead of being scared by it, instead of running away and burying your head in the sand, consider it an opportunity for joy. 
Why is that? Because God is about to do something. And if you'll allow him to, he's going to work in your life. Nope, you didn't get that. You didn't get it. Trouble comes your way to stop you. So when trouble comes your way, you need to say, instead of your natural, your fleshly response is, oh man, here's more trouble. But if you stop and consider it through the eyes of the Spirit, if you stop and say, what is happening? You could say, oh my gosh, the Lord is going to do something here. I'm going to come through this on the other side better than I could have ever imagined or thought. God is going to work something new on the inside of me, and I'm going to come through like a pearl. I might have started out as a grain of sand, but God is going to work, and I'm going to endure, and I'm going to push through, and I'm going to get covered in mucus that hardens, and I'm going to turn into something great for the Lord. Mm, consider it an opportunity. There's some words you shouldn't say in church. Mucus is probably one of them. <laughs> trouble your trouble. We, Josiah, Josiah had a doctor, has a doctor for his hips. And it, uh, it's a long story. Josiah's had a lot of surgeries on his hips. And he's got a bunch of screws in him. Josiah's like the bionic man from the waist down. And um, um, he's got this one screw. It's like a, like a uh, they're three and a half inch titanium screws. And one of them bent. He keeps breaking his screws. I don't know how. I don't know what he's doing with those legs. It's like he just like lays in bed and they flail around like a crazy man. Uh, but he keeps breaking these titanium screws. And the doctors are like, well, I don't know. These screws never break. I don't know why he keeps breaking these screws. But he has this saying, this doctor has this saying, it says, don't trouble the trouble until the trouble troubles you. Don't trouble the trouble until the trouble troubles you. It is a good saying. Trouble comes to trouble you and stop you from doing what God's called you to do. I think it's about time that we begin to trouble trouble. I don't think trouble knows who it's messed with half the time. Like, I mean, Maddie, do you know who you are? Like, you are a child of God. Do you, do, you, do, mm, do you remember that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, listen, the same spirit that got him up out of the grave, that woke his dead body back to life, that same spirit lives on the inside of you? Come on. Trouble picked the wrong people to mess with. And it tries to trick you. It tries to, Levi, trouble tries to lie to you. Nathan, trouble lies to you, man. It comes to you and it brings all these thoughts and all these lies. And it tries to trick you and deceive you. But you need to start troubling your trouble with the word of God. And remind your trouble who you are in Christ. Let's go. Consider it an opportunity for joy. Consider it an opportunity for joy. All right, let's keep going. We're almost out of time here. Oh, my gosh. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Now, I love these two verses. Um, go back to verse 2, Jaden. It says, uh, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Then verse 3, suddenly we're talking about when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So we've gone from talking about trouble coming your way to suddenly he's now saying your faith is tested. When your faith is tested, when your faith is tested, 
Trouble comes to you to test your faith, to get you to waver in your faith, to waver what you believe about Jesus Christ. Trouble comes, and he says, when trouble comes, consider it an opportunity for joy because when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Mm. When you consider your trial as an opportunity for joy, it activates your faith. And listen, you were way too quiet about that. Because I want to tell you this, you're not going to make it in this day and age without your faith being activated, without your faith walk being alive and in Jesus and you using your own faith. You've got to have your own faith walk active and alive so that when trouble comes your way, you can begin to put your faith in Jesus and say, I know it looks bad on the outside. I know it looks scary and dark, but I'm putting my faith and my hope in Jesus. I'm activating my faith, my faith life. <laughs> Listen. Can we be real for a minute? Let's be real for a minute. No? Okay, let's, let's be real for a minute. Always be real. A lot of times Christians want other people to do the heavy lifting in their faith life for them. I'm struggling. Will you pray for me? How about you take responsibility and pray for yourself as well? I'll believe God with you. But nobody can believe God and work on your faith and, and, and seek the will of the Lord for you as good as you can. I'll come alongside and believe God with you. But what are you believing for, Jacob, in your life? I need help in this. Will you pray for me? Yes, but I can't do all the praying. You need to get out your own Bible and you read scriptures and get it hidden deep down inside of you and use your own faith. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Emily, read your Bible. Crack it open. Get those scriptures deep down inside of you. Hide them in your heart. Considering your trial an opportunity for joy activates your faith. Okay, let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Verse 4. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So let it grow for when your endurance, the New King James uses a word, talks about the word patience. Uh, when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. What I love here, what I love here is the idea of it being on God's timetable and not yours. Chase is sitting in the back row today. We grew up with Chase. Chase is our nephew. There was one, we've, I, I maybe told some of you this story, and Jen refers to it quite often, but there was a time, one Wednesday night, we were driving home from church. We went to a McDonald's. This is when we were living in Chilliwack years ago, and um, we were driving home, go through the drive-thru, and uh, you know, it's McDonald's. I don't know who they hire, but it's like, does anybody here work at McDonald's? Before, before I say this, just, just cut myself there. Somebody used to work at McDonald's. You used to work at McDonald's. Okay, well, some of the people they hire at McDonald's, and the people they, sometimes they put on, like, the late shift who only work the drive-thru. I don't, 
I think they get more interested in hanging out with their friends. So we were at this drive-thru. We just wanted Coke. It was, it was after church. It was late. It was a Wednesday night. And you know sometimes, like when you've been, I don't know about you, but like when I talk a lot, I need like that burn from a Coke in my throat to like burn away like that. You, gotta, you know what I'm talking about, Josh? Like that thing, you just need something like, ah. So I needed, I needed that in my throat. And so we're driving home, and it's McDonald's. We just want Coke. There's like one car in front of us, maybe two. And we are in line so long at McDonald's, everybody has shut their car off. And we're sitting in dead stop, cars off in the drive-thru at McDonald's. Has anybody else ever experienced this? <sighs> Unite. Let's, let's form a support group. <laughs> Class action lawsuit. <laughs> and um, so we're sitting there. The windows are all rolled down. The car behind us, I think after like 15 minutes, we hear the dude behind us yell out, we come here because it's fast, not because it's good. <laughs> Pre preach. And it's true. But I love that story because it always makes me think of how we want God to work on our schedule. We want God to do things right away. We don't want to, like, sure, okay, God, if I'm going to have to go through something, let's make it as fast as possible. Like, sure, I'll go through it, but you've got three days. You rose from the dead in three days, so I'll give you three days to work in my life. But I'm going to come through with a new body raised from the dead. Let's go, Jesus. We want, we want him to work on our schedule, on our timetable. But I tell you what, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you've got to walk through the process. And sometimes you can run through it. Sometimes you've got to go so, go so slow that you're crawling on your hands and your knees. And it feels like you're taking forever. But I'll tell you what, when you're walking through that process, God is at work in you. He's covering you up like that piece of sand. Transforming you from what was in irritation into something that is irresistible. Allow God to work on his time in your life. Trust me. Trust me. You want God to work in your life on his time schedule, not yours. Because if you do it on yours, you're going to bring a pie out of the oven that is raw and uncooked. It might look great on the inside, but the stuff on the, ins or on the outside, but the stuff on the inside hasn't set. It's not formed. It's not cooked yet. You want the Lord to work in you so you come out the way that he designed and desires you to be. Amen? Lost my Bible. <clears throat> we got one more thing I want to show you here. Uh, last thing here, in verse 5, I believe. Uh, no, verse 4. It says, when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Right? And that, that needing nothing and that perfect and complete, the New King James uses the wording mature. You'll be mature. And it's the idea that you're fully formed, that God's work has been fully completed in you. You want to walk through on God's time so that he's able to do what he needs to do in you the way that he needs to do it in you so that you become the person that he has created you to be to the fullness of that. We don't want to be half-baked Christians. You know why? Half-baked Christians are weird. I'm glad Josh is here. <laughs> half-baked Christians are weird. 
We go off, we get an idea, we get a half a revelation, we allow the Lord to work halfway in us, and we take off because we think we're good enough. Have you ever been, has anybody here ever been injured in sports, playing a sports? And then they said, hey, you you hurt yourself, and now you're going to have to let it rest for so long. Where's Sophia? Did Sophia leave? She left. Sophia, you may see her. She's got like an air cast on her leg, and she, she pulled, what did she pull again? Like her muscle? Yeah, she ruptured her ACL. Has anybody here ever done anything like that? Sometimes when you go through those processes, you're like, this is going to take a long time. And she's been having to heal for a long time. And sometimes if you try and rush that process, you take that air cast off. And you say, you know what? I can walk around pretty good on it. I can get around on it. I can, I can take the air cast off. I can take my crutches away. I can take all these things that I have propping me up, helping me walk through the process, and I can go on my own. And then you begin to go on your own. And for a while, everything feels good and it feels okay. And you're like making some headway. Then you begin to put a little more pressure on it. You begin to exercise a little harder, and guess what happens? Things get worse off than they were before because you walked out of the process unformed and uncooked and undone with what God wanted to do, and then you break deeper on the inside. Let God work in you on his time, on his schedule, so that you're fully formed and fully mature and fully complete. Amen? The last thing it talks about, so you say, okay, there's these four things about being under pressure. The last thing here, it says this, it says, what do you do? So you're saying, we got these things, like you're talking about walking through pressure and, and temptations and trials and account it all joy, because if you do, your, your endurance has grown, you become fully mature and complete. What about when you're walking through it and it's hard? What do you do? Well, James answers that question in a verse five. He says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. Because a lot of times you find yourself stuck in the midst and you're not sure what to do. You're not sure how to walk it out. You're not sure if you can endure. You're not sure if you can hang on any longer. So you say, what am I supposed to do in this moment? He says, when you're not sure, ask our generous God. God wants to be involved in your life. God wants to walk through these things with you. God wants to help you walk through these things. He doesn't want to say, hey, you've got to walk through this on your own, so good luck, I'll meet you on the other side. Did he do that to the disciples when he said, get in the boat and I'll meet you on the other side? And then they get in the boat and he starts walking across the water and the storm comes up. Did Jesus say, peace boys, see you later. If you make it, you make it. If you don't, I'll find new guys. No, in the midst of the storm, Jesus came and joined them, didn't he? And he walked with them. If you're lacking wisdom about how to handle what you're going through, if you're unsure about what steps to take, if you're unsure of where you're supposed to go, ask our generous God. I want to close with just, I want to tell you a story. I want to show you a story in 1 Kings chapter 3 about somebody who asked the Lord for wisdom in the middle of their circumstances. There was Solomon. Have you heard of Solomon? Solomon has just become king. And in 1 Kings chapter 3, it starts off in verse 4. It says, um, he was worshiping. The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon. So the king, Solomon, went there and he sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings. That night, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. He said, God said to him, what do you want? What do you want? Ask me and I will give it to you. How great is that? What a great conversation. With the Lord saying, what do you want? Ask me and I'll give it to you. 
I just want to remind some of you here. I just feel like I need to remind some of you here right now that the Lord is still saying to you, what do you want? What can I do for you? You're my son. You're my daughter. How can I help you? What do you need from me? And I'll give it to you. The Bible says that he's a good father. He cares about you. He loves you. He wants you to succeed. So he says, Solomon replies, he says, You've shown great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on a throne. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me a king instead of my father David, but I'm like a little child who doesn't know his way around. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever got into a situation in your life where you felt like you were a kid out of your depth, like you had, you had left the kitty into the pool, even though your mom and dad said, don't leave this into the pool, stay where it's shallow so we can watch you, and somehow you ended up in the deep end and you are flailing about trying to stay above water. Has anybody felt that here? I do, and Jeremy does. Listen, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I still feel that way sometimes. There are still things that all of us go through that no matter what phase of life you're in, you'll probably find yourself at some point saying, I feel like I'm out of my depth and I can't do this on my own. He says, I'm like a little kid, and here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they can't even be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? Love this verse. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. We just saw James say in James chapter 1, if you need wisdom, if you're unsure about your circumstances and you're not quite sure what to do or how to get through it, ask God. And here we see Solomon going to God and saying, hey, I'm in a mess. I'm beyond myself. I don't know what to do. I'm out of my depth. And he says, would you give me an understanding heart so that I can lead your people well? In verse 10, it says, the Lord was pleased. <laughs> Listen, God is pleased when you invite him into your circumstances. You don't got to do it on your own. You don't got to fight this fight by yourself. He is involved and wants you to say, I need help. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so lost. I'm so confused. But would you come and join me? I need understanding. I need wisdom. And the Bible says he was pleased that Solomon had asked for these things. And look at this. So God replied, because you've asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of enemies, that sometimes we kind of want to ask for those things, right? We want to ask for like the easy things. We want to ask for an answer to our immediate problem when God is wanting to deal with the root. Sometimes... You are asking God to deal with your immediate problems, but God wants to deal with your heart. God wants to deal with the root issues. God wants to do a deep work in you. And that only comes by walking through the process. Like it said in James, when you endure, when you're being patient. He says, I will give you what you've asked for, and I will give you wise and understanding heart, such as no one else has had or ever will have. Listen, the Lord's response wasn't, how dare you ask me for wisdom? 
How dare you ask me for this? I put you, listen, you, uh, this is your job. It's not my job. I'm up here governing heaven, and I have like a billion people that I'm paying attention to. This is, this is your department to oversee. Don't ask me. Don't bother me with these questions. Don't try and make this my problem. This is your monkey. You take care of it and feed it yourself. God is up in heaven, and he wants to be involved. And in fact, the Bible says that he is pleased when you invite him into your circumstances and say, I need your help. And then God's response is that, he is pleased and he says because you have asked for wisdom because you have invited me in because you are desiring to grow and walk through this process I'm going to give you the things that you didn't ask for stand up with me stand up with me I want to I want to pray for us in this place and uh, let's just close our eyes for a minute and if you're, if you're in this place and you know what I'm talking about today, if you're in this place and, and you find yourself at different times walking through trials and temptations and, and unsure of what steps to take and unsure of how to take those steps, I want to let you know that you're in a good spot because all you've got to do is go and ask our Father. And He is right there. He wants to meet you where you're at in those circumstances. He wants to meet you and walk through those things together with you. He wants to take that sandy irritation and turn it into something beautiful that He designed all along. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.